Welcome back to Activity Quest, the podcast that's packed with stuff to do. This week, Meg is visiting the National Football Museum in Manchester. We're prepping for an out-of-this-world space party. And there's a whole list of events from across the UK, including a holographic tour. My name's Bex, and every episode of Activity Quest starts with a fun kids presenter doing something awesome. Today, Meg is visiting the National Football Museum in Manchester. There's an interactive penalty shootout, the story of women's football being banned and a real World Cup. So we're just walking past a great big trophy cabinet and um, if you look at these trophies, there's so many details. If you look, there's pictures of uh, animals. There's this trophy called the Lady and it's one of the biggest trophies we've got and it was the Football League Championship trophy and um, until the Premier League came this was the most prestigious trophy and this was the top trophy you could get it is now the 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 trophy used in the championship but it is possibly the most beautiful trophy I've ever seen. It's gorgeous. Um, I feel like you could look at that for like hours, couldn't you, working it out? Because when you see them on the telly, you never see how intricate they are. There's actual depictions of people playing football yeah. and there's lots of lots of really beautiful sort of Victorian-style detail. One of our most popular things in the museum when families come to visit is our trophy, our Premier League trophy, um, that you can actually have a photo with downstairs as you enter. But we're soon to get the WSL trophy as well. So we want to, one of our ambitions, part of what we intend to do with the museum is to represent women's football 50% and men's football 50% and to have both of those trophies next to each other. How exciting, it's the women's Euros this year I believe. Yes, and that's going to be a big thing for us because Manchester is one of the host cities as well so we'll be getting a lot of visitors who are already watching the women's football and the Euros taking place locally Um, and it's just a great exposure for the game and we'd love people to do both come here to see what we've got because we've got lots and lots of things about women's football. This area here is about England in the World Cup and we've got the men's world cup here and we've got the ball from the 1966 final and the Jules Rimet trophy now these are very special to us um, because it's the only time that England have won the world cup in 1966 the world cup came to England and the trophy of course was in England as well and this trophy just went on display at a stamp collection exhibition So I would say nowadays this trophy would get pride of place in an exhibition on its own, but in those days it went with some stamps. And it was on display in a a hall in London, and the security wasn't obviously enough because it got stolen. And the person, or animal, I should say, that found this trophy was Pickles the dog. And Pickles the dog was on a walk with his owner, just wandering around London, and he sniffed out this trophy that was wrapped in newspaper under a bush and his owner David took it straight to the police station and the FA were extremely happy that this trophy had been found. Initially David was suspected as maybe the person who had stolen it but he wasn't. We still don't know who stole the trophy. So Pickles was awarded some 
uh, medals and he was given dog food for a whole year and his owner was given enough money to pay off the mortgage on his house wow. and we have an interactive here okay. so, so you, what do I need to do? you put your hand in the holes yep go for that one and see if you can feel for that trophy it's making me nervous yeah you should be <laughs> I can't feel a trophy. Okay, if I go for this one, oh, there's a ball in there. That's no good. Oh, 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 does that mean I found it? You found, oh, no, I found it? it? I can feel it. Pickles has found the trophy for you. <laughs> so that's a fun one. And uh, the dog does definitely bark and yeah. make some people jump. It doesn't bite though. No, so. definitely doesn't bite. <laughs> you have to be nervous about that. <laughs> so we talk a lot about history of, of football and how football has evolved and changed and how people engage with it differently uh, depending on when they watched football. Now many people don't know that women's football is as old as men's football so when the laws of the game were written in 1863 um, not just men played football so some pioneering women played football as a way to express themselves and to say look women can do just what men can do and it was a time when a lot of women were speaking out and joining the suffragette movement so it was about equality and making their voice be heard now there was a lot of controversial responses to this some were positive but I'd say most were negative then the first world war kicked off and it changed how men viewed women, how society viewed women completely, because women were stepping up to do the roles that men had done previously, and they were working in factories making ammunition for, the world, for world War I. Men's football had stopped, and women were stepping into those roles. They were playing football, and some of these women were actually playing football in organized leagues that were raising money for injured servicemen. People were starting to watch these matches and on Boxing Day in 1920, 53,000 people went to watch a match and it was absolutely brilliant. But so many people were very surprised that women's football had continued to be so popular even after the First World War had ended. So the, the war ended in 1918 and two years later they're still getting these record attendances. So 1921, the FA banned women's football from their pitches, from their associated grounds. Now fundamentally what this meant was that women weren't able to play games against other teams, they weren't able to play in front of large crowds, it diminished what they had worked so hard doing and the popularity inevitably waned. So although some women did carry on playing football it wasn't the same. So the ban was actually a huge turning point in women's football for the negative. The ban lasted until 1971, so there was a whole 50 years where women's football was banned from, from their affiliated pitches. Do you think that um, women's football would be as big as men's now if that hadn't happened? I always ask people, whether it be school children or families, I always ask them, where do you think football women's football would be now if it hadn't been banned for 50 years because the trajectory that women's football was on in 1920 was that it was becoming more popular than men's football and that might shock a lot of people there's one person here who we have focused on in the exhibition she's called Lily Parr 
Now she is a real powerhouse of a woman. She um, continued playing football despite the ban. She started playing as a 14-year-old and she was so talented um, that she started to play for the top team at that time, which was the Dick Kerr Ladies. Now the Dick Kerr Ladies were formed from a munitions factory in Preston and she was incredible. She scored hundreds of goals, played hundreds of matches and she was considered one of the top players at the time and there are lots of examples of players uh, with incredible stories and where we are today uh, it's only made possible by these women but there's still much more to be done when it comes to women's football and equality and the players that you see now playing for teams like Manchester City Women's and uh, Chelsea those are the players that will be representing England at the Euros in the summer so we're very excited to be able to have an exhibition um, supporting that as well. Yeah and we need to get behind the women because they typically do better than the men's team don't they? England they women's. do, we're very very lucky to yeah, have such a talented crop. So this is our penalty shootout and this is one of the most popular activities in the museum. Now our goals are actually the real goalposts from Euro 96 from Wembley. So they're pretty special. I don't know how we have allowed general members, members of the public just to whack balls at these posts. But it's very, very popular. And we're going to have a little go of this now. Okay. Um, are you good at this? Because you you've got practice, right? I'm terrible at this. But you know what? It doesn't matter about ability. No, it's all true. about having fun. Nationalfootballmuseum.com is the place to go for more information. Tickets start at just £6 for kids, which includes a year's pass and free guided tours. And the museum is completely free to Manchester residents. Plus, there's loads of exciting things that you can find out about on the website, like making your own armband like Harry Kane. That sounds awesome. Marvel Planet Earth this winter at the Life Science Centre in Newcastle, where art meets science. It's one of the UK's biggest planetariums and there are tons of shows. Enjoy an array of hands-on activity, magical light play and real-life experiments. Plus, be wowed by Gaia, a great glowing replica of Planet Earth by artist Luke Jerram. Tickets start from just £8. Life.org.uk is the place to find out more. Happening at the first direct arena in Leeds on February 19th, you can go to the first ever LOL Surprise live show. It's holographic, meaning you'll see the LOL Surprise squad strutted out on stage in digital style. It's set to dazzle families with music and dancing. That's happening at the first direct arena in Leeds on February 19th. And from the producers of some of the world's finest circuses comes something new. The brand new Continental Circus Berlin is here. Don't miss it this February at Silverburn, Scotland. It's on until the 20th. Tickets start from just £13. Circusberlin.co.uk to find out more. Thanks, Adam. Remember, whatever you do and however you do it, the reviews in your podcast app is the best place to tell us.
Right. Mission Transmission is next week. This is our history-making, record-breaking radio programme. The first radio programme to be sent into deep space. And it's all happening on February the 21st, 2022. I am going to be at the Royal Observatory Greenwich with Connor, my old pal from Fun Kids. There's also going to be a whole load of stars, including astronaut Tim Peake. Entries closed on Monday. We're editing our radio programme right now. I'm very excited about it because we'll be sending your voice to 10,000 of Earth's closest stars. It is super exciting. And there's a whole load of stuff on the Fun Kids website right now that you can do to celebrate. Here's Paul. Thanks, Bex. Yes, Mission Transmission has been something we've been working on behind the scenes here at Fun Kids for a very long time, and it's nearly time to send your voices to space. We want to make the day as special as we possibly can, so the entire day on Fun Kids will be space-themed with cool songs, sound, stories, and the usual silliness, but there's also a lot more to it than just that. If you head over to the Fun Kids website right now, you'll be able to download Mission Transmission Bingo. You can check some stuff off as you listen on February the 21st, and there's also recipes for space-themed cakes, stargazing tips, and loads more. And thank you for all your submissions. We've been listening to the lot, and we're very busy editing together an awesome radio programme for you. And I hope you like it. That's 7pm, February 21st. Mission Transmission. Remember, there's loads of episodes of Activity Quest that you can go back and listen to any time you fancy. If you're after some more suggestions, just scroll back in your podcast app and pick an episode you like. Whatever you do, and however you do it, tell us at funkidslive.com slash activityquest. And remember to rate, review, and follow this podcast wherever it is you're listening to it. I'm Bex, and this has been a podcast from the UK's children's radio station, Fun Kids. Listen to me on your DAB digital radio, online, on the free Fun Kids mobile app, and on your smart speaker. Just say, play Fun Kids, every weekday from 4pm. See ya! The Space Programme is a Baffle Gab production for the UK's children's radio station, Fun Kids. You can listen to Fun Kids all day on your DAB digital radio, on your smart speaker by saying play Fun Kids and on the free Fun Kids mobile app. You can also listen online and play loads of games, quizzes, as well as find out the latest news at funkidslive.com.